it's Shalicia Harris, your host of Buzzworthy. Join me as I sit down with entrepreneurs to talk about their innovative businesses and their unique stories. Remember to follow us on social at Hamilton Hive on all platforms. And don't forget to rate our podcast. Let's jump into today's story. Hey everyone, today we are with Yuri Kaplan and Yuri's gonna take us through Adnas, his company, which is redefining the influencer marketing. And Yuri has a really interesting story. He's been in the military, he's got a background in marketing, but he found this really unique sweet spot with his co-founder and now is building out this new incredible company. But that's Yuri's story to tell. But we'll jump into our first question, Yuri, that I like to ask all of our entrepreneurs is, what set you up to be an entrepreneur? Uh, that's a great question. You know, um, Thank you for the warm introduction. It's a pleasure being here today. Um, really, I think entrepreneurship was something that I I pursued whether I knew it or not from, from a very young age. I remember playing with my grandma and it was this you know, form of bingo type of game that I was playing with her. And playing bingo wasn't enough for me. I had to create a marketplace where you would buy things based on how many scores you got. So, like, I already tried to, to have some sort of commerce business back then. Um, then that passion developed a little further. When I was in high school, I started a landscaping business. Um, I always wanted to, to do something beyond a nine-to-five um, even when I was at school, I wanted to work after the nine to five of school. There was always something that, that it was like an unscratchable itch that was within me. Um, and eventually being in digital marketing, um, I saw some pain points and <laughs> that's one of the things that led to, to AdMass. Are those pain points that you're just like, Hey, I have a solution for this. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, the online advertising industry is immense, right? It's billions upon billions of dollars. But the problem is the internet has been around for, for decades now. And while certain methods were effective in the beginning of the internet, um, they became less effective today. And we always see this progression in different mediums. Um, when display advertising was very popular in the beginning, today 90% of people ignore them. 10% of the people who don't ignore them they click on them accidentally. Um, then influencer marketing has been around 10 years now. And originally it was very powerful and it's still quite powerful today. The problem is that just like any advertising medium, because it's been around a decade, there's a lot of influencers who they're treating their accounts as more of a business and it reduces authenticity. It might be nine or eight out of 10 posts are promotional. Uh, it might be that there is a lot of fake followers involved. And even those bots that scour the Instagram, they automatically pick these influencers. So not all of these influencers are trying to bloat their account with fake followers. It's just the way that these bots work. Um, so the, the higher the followers, then the amount of followers, the, the smaller the engagement. And uh, originally, when, when we started AdMass, um, we were trying to fix the first problem. What's that? Which is, is basically that problem with display advertising, that billions of dollars are wasted worldwide. And this is according to Google, like the, the kind of um, 
the the top resource on mobile advertising, they said that up to fifty percent of mobile clicks are accidental. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can you can find this on a WordStream. It's it's a great website, a great source of knowledge for online advertising. And I've been in online advertising since two thousand and nine, um, when I actually originally tried to sell Google Ads. And I remember it was uh, I worked for like a third party reseller. And it was quite difficult. Like we were calling companies and nobody wanted to advertise. Today, those same companies are investing tons of money into Google Ads. But mm-hmm. it just showed me the progression over the past decade um, of people's psychology and how the market just has to kind of sink in. Um, the problem is there's billions of dollars wasted. And mm-hmm. it's hard for many companies to, I mean, any company, it's hard to waste advertising dollars. So especially today in our economy. You know, the first problem that you mentioned here is that billions of dollars are being wasted on accidental clicks on the internet um, when people are buying ads either through Google or whatever source they're purchasing their ads through. But where does influencer marketing really come in and how does it stack up to that original problem that that you mentioned. Take us through the progression of influencer marketing because, like you said, there are some companies that didn't want to buy any ad space in 2009, and now they're spending tons of money on that. The similar thing would have happened with influencer marketing where there was that adoption phase, and then there's the peak phase, and then tell us where we are now, and then how AdMass actually solving the problem with influencer marketing. Yeah, of course. Um... So, I mean, influencer marketing is an industry that really took hype in, in 2014. Um, they started with the mega influencers. So celebrities and celebrities have been endorsing products for decades. Um, you know, Michael Jordan, Air, Air Jordans, right? Um, it's been a popular thing that made billions of dollars for companies worldwide. Now... In around 2014, with uh, the progression of Instagram and and other big social media networks, uh, more and more uh, influencers became advocates for companies. And it started with people like celebrities. Um, It progressed to people who just have a lot of followers. And um, today you have several classifications. You have the celebrity, the mega influencer, the macro, the micro, the nano. Um, But... Ultimately, the progression has been going to using more and more influencers who have a smaller following. So it's a smaller following, but more significant. And um, it's a little bit harder to manage because the whole industry right now, it's doing manual verification. So you you take weeks to months to you have to find the influencers to collaborate with. When you do find them, you have to go back and forth from what the post will look like and um, companies with large budgets, they're able to maybe collaborate with a couple thousand influencers a year. Um, companies with smaller budgets have a hard time doing that. Um, and uh, that's why, although the industry sees that the, the nano influencer, so the influencer that has between one to 10,000 followers, is more effective than the mega influencer, um, there's a lot more overhead on actually being able to collaborate with influencers like that. And a lot of platforms, um, not all, but a lot of platforms, they do charge based on the amount influencers uh, of influencers that you contact. So it's be, it becomes a, a tiny bit less cost effective on that spectrum as well. Interesting. So with everyone sort of switching towards, you know, influencers with a smaller, a smaller following, 
What what was the psychology behind that, and how have consumers evolved for for big brands to notice that, hey, we're not getting the return we need on these celebrities and on these like mega influencers? <laughs> um, what what was the psychology and like how how is that being supported to the development of Admas's solution? Yeah, I mean it's been a journey for Admas, that's for sure. Um, Originally, getting into the influencer marketing space, I knew a lot about advertising, and I saw the opportunity in influencer marketing because it leverages the power of word of mouth, well, and influence, and and um, I noticed that the return on investment was relatively high uh, compared to other mediums. So originally, when we started AdMass, um, it was very much. Uh, with that trend of the macro, the micro, the nano influencers. Um, And we actually launched it as as a marketplace, an influencer marketplace um, that companies could use to find influencers within their their target demographic. Uh, The... We, we had quite a lot of big name influencers too, um, you know, not the Kim Kardashians, but we had several influencers that were, you know, five, 10 million followers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually were able to obtain a database of 150,000 influencers quite quickly. Um, the challenge though that we saw is that the, the, the way that the industry was progressing, the authenticity of everything, um, we, we realized that it's a lot more authentic to not necessarily uh, use your your kind of macro influencers, uh, but spread that budget across more of authentic people. Mm-hmm. So um, people who, who might have less than a thousand followers even, right? And it was actually a Eureka moment because we were part of this pitch competition. I'm gonna loop back a little bit of, you know, how it all happened because there was a spark moment for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, we were part of this competition. It's called the Lion's Lair. And uh, we were blessed with uh, uh, all all the judges were great, but we were blessed with having this one particular judge who owned an award-winning marketing agency. And she uh, basically spent 30 minutes with with me uh, because I was the one pitching. And she looked at our company and she told us everything that was wrong with it, which there was a lot wrong with it. <laughs> um, and she did it in the most amazing way possible uh, because it taught us so many lessons right there and then. But she basically said, like, hey, guys, you don't have a unique value proposition mm-hmm. in a very polite manner. Um, and... The way that we realized, oh, wow, like, yeah, we're just like every other influencer marketing company out there um, that it has this database of influencers, brands find these influencers. It's a long-winded process. And these companies, agencies, and platforms are launching every other day, every three days. Like, it's a highly competitive market because it is. It's the fastest-growing advertising medium, growing at 32% a year, and it's already a $16 billion market. Mm-hmm. So it's growing extremely fast, and it makes sense. Uh, now, I was actually the same week or maybe like a couple weeks around that. I was w- w- going with my dad for Father's Day and um, I spent some time uh, at this restaurant. It's called Firehouse Subs. And to, to those who haven't been there, you should be there. Uh, see, this is influencer marketing at play. <laughs> um, 
And basically, it has amazing decor. That's, I mean, they have great subs too, but it's like a firehouse. Like you go in, there's all kinds of great decor. So I took some photos and me, I have like 300 followers on Instagram, but I had really high engagement. The moment that I posted, people are asking me, what is this place? And this was that eureka moment. I'm like, hey, this is my UVP right here, right? The true influence isn't defined by the number of followers someone has. True influence is how you influence people. And I was able to do that with 300 followers. So the question at that point wasn't even, you know, it, it, it was a theory, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like, okay, let, let's test this theory. The question then was like, okay, great. How do we test this theory? Because are you going to manually review posts from people? The average Instagram user has 150 followers. Mm-hmm. How are you going to manually review all of these posts? Um, so we hit kind of, you know, the, the coding board, so to speak, and um, we went back to coding and then uh, we, we pivoted our technology, um, which, which is more of what it is today. Amazing. And was this your first pivot? Uh, it was the first, but not the last. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> and I mean, that's just part um, of being an entrepreneur is, you know, you have this idea which you're really passionate about. And then you go and you build a really great team and support around you where you find access to these people in some way, which just happened to be a judge at Lion's Lair. And I think those moments are just you know, serendipitous in a lot of ways because you put in so much work and then you just land in the right space in the right moment to get the right feedback that takes you to the next step. Have you found that to be true in other aspects of being an entrepreneur? Yeah, all the time, I think. Um, It's, you know, they often say entrepreneurship is wearing a lot of hats and that's definitely true. I feel like I'm learning every day, like five, six different departments. Um, I mean, we are still early stage and, you know, we're we're just about to raise our first funding. So, like, we've been bootstrapped this whole time. Um, so a lot of hats, <laughs> a lot of hats because of it. And I feel like there is a lot of learning opportunities. And, you know, a pivot is this kind of, you know, large change in one aspect or another of a company. But... There is, I would say, micro pivots in efficiency, micro pivots in the way that we understand the world, understand a certain department as a as an entrepreneur that are consistently happening on like probably a daily basis. So I, I actually that's one of the things that excites me so much. Like, um, you know, even so early in the game of entrepreneurship and being kind of an infant, so to speak, um, I think. I am so excited. I, I I feel a little bit like an infant, like the whole world is so exciting and uh, and, and bright around me. And I, I, I can't wait to, to do more and more. And with that, I think that just sets you up with a mindset of just growth, right? Because you're starting as an infant and, you know, eventually you'll grow up and you'll learn a lot. And then you'll be able to share a lot of your learnings with, with others, I hope so. That's that's the goal, the dream. <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing so far. So you've come up with this idea with, you know, a very simple experience where you're just having lunch with your dad at a sub place. And that was that aha moment for you. Tell us how AdMass works in the most simple way and how others can leverage AdMass to reach influencers and actually get their products out there. 
Yeah, I mean, um, as mentioned, we, we pivoted, and um, I guess I didn't quite elaborate on what that means and, and what happened there. Um, basically, we developed an AI that it's actually the first of its kind, and it verifies posts automatically. So to give you an example, imagine that there is a certain sweater that you absolutely love from your favorite brand, and you just bought the sweater, and you absolutely love it. That company sends you an email, and this email says that you can earn a 20% discount from uh, posting yourself wearing the sweater on Instagram. You click on the link, you get directed to a landing page. It tells you um, what kind of uh, position, you know, so to speak, you should do. Like, hey, wear the sweater. Make sure you know the logo is visible, um, and include hashtag mention you know, your brand at, uh, or whatever it would be. And um, after that, our technology actually verifies that the post that this consumer made, uh, it has the caption, it has the image, the logo's visible, uh, you know, the sentiment of the post is great, and it, 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 it puts the brand in the best light. Uh, we verify all of that without having to do it manually. And uh, once automated, that consumer receives that reward. Now, that whole process uh, seems smooth, but there's a lot of moving parts. And AdMass actually takes care of everything from the beginning to the end of it all. And that's what we were able to achieve. Um, and, and actually, you know, brand, brands are loving it so far. I mean, as mentioned, we're early in the, in the game, but we've had some big name brands now using it. And we have a lot of other big brands in the pipeline that we're hoping to expand to. And uh, it's, it's just been really great because it's, we, can, we can see the value. Like it took some time to get there. Mm -hmm. The first trials weren't good. Uh, but after a few more pilots, after a few more things, uh, now we're talking to, you know, multi-billion dollar brands that are seeing big value from it. And um, it, it's super exciting. That is really exciting. And, and that just goes to the hard work that you've put in, being able to take feedback. Because as an entrepreneur, that, that can suck sometimes. Um, just getting feedback, like your product's not right, you know. Sometimes people are wrong, sometimes people are right, but you as the entrepreneur have to digest that information and and turn it into something, right? It's either you leave it behind or you take it and you action it. But all of that has led to this place where you're talking to, I mean, billion-dollar brands, um, which is huge. And most recently this summer you ran a campaign with Banana Boat, and that's a great case study that anyone can find on AdMass's website, which is just admass.io. Um, check out the case study, but run us through that case study and what were the challenges and what were the results out of that? Yeah, that was a, that was a fun campaign for sure. Um, it was actually our first large brand campaign that was, you know, Edgewell is, is a big and respected brand. And... Um, we it was a little bit different than the discount scenario that I just mentioned. For them, it was a giveaway because um, you know discounts on sunscreen aren't as exciting as a as a giveaway. So what they needed to do, they uh, wanted to grow their social media following, and basically they they were given away a family vacation. It was like a ten thousand dollar family vacation in exchange for a post. So it was um, a chance to win, obviously. Not everybody won it. <laughs> um, and we, we 
we actually helped piggyback on the campaign. It was mid-action. So that was one of the first challenges because it was already ongoing. We had to roll it out very quickly, deploy it within a week, um, which involves all the agreements and paperwork and all kinds of stuff that goes in a, in a campaign that uh, like that. And we, we launched it, and within a month, we were able to obtain fantastic results. We were able to boost the post by over 500%. We were able to grow the followers by over 300%. And uh, one of the most fantastic things is that our cost per engagement was actually twice more cost effective than our leading competitors. And I'm talking about the leading, leading competitors that are currently raising Series B and C and you know, are on top of the lists of the top 10 influencer marketing companies, our metrics are twice better. And um, for that was for engagement. And for earned media value, which is kind of the common metric in the influencer marketing ver- world mm-hmm. uh, to measure a return on investment, uh, those were uh, about three times better uh, than the average, just under three times better. So we were, we were super ecstatic and, um, the the brand was very happy. So we're actually planning more campaigns together and hopefully the year to come. And yeah, I mean, that was, that, that, that was that moment where, you know, we, we definitely felt very, very happy. That's amazing. I think those successes speak for themselves. And I mean, just to get a brand like that to run a campaign with you as an early stage company is huge. And for them to see that results and now, you know, that's giving you the ability to grow even more and set you up for success, especially when this MarTech space is hot, super, super hot. There are brands all over the world that need support in either growing or reaching their targets, whether it's sales, whether it's followers. And it's great to see that there is a whole bunch of different um, problem areas that this one solution AdMass has can can solve from, you know, discounts to getting more people engaged to sales revenues to followers. Um, All of that's huge. And I think that really sets you up um, for huge successes in the future. How do you think um, obviously, we've mentioned some of the competition, not by name, but um, where do you see AdMass going and where do you see this influencer marketing going and how AdMass is going to take advantage of it without giving us your secret sauce, of course? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, um, yeah, without talking proprietary, <laughs> we, do, we do have uh, the two proprietary algorithms, which we're hoping to continuously develop. Um, one is the AI and another is um, our ranking system for profiles. But ultimately, outside of continuously developing those and improving them, where we really see the value and, and our core focus is bringing brands value. That, that's the, the biggest smile that we could ever get, get on our faces. That lays in building these strong communities of brand advocates. Uh, because we're not building communities of influencers, we're building communities of actual consumers. Um, to us, there is so much value in these communities because these communities can be leveraged in the future to do so many different things. These are actual customers who actually buy from the brands and they love the brand so much that they're willing to share it with their friends and family, creating these uh, perpetual flywheels that just keep feeding and feeding the brand with more sales, more brand awareness, and increasing consumer loyalty. 
Um, sometimes, you know, we like to brand it the everyday influencer. It's, it's a working title that we've been working with since it hasn't been taken yet. And um, however, to us, it's more than the everyday influencer. It's the everyday consumer. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason we like to combine those two is because it's basically they do have the influencer influence over their friends and family the most. Their audience is mostly friends and family. And it creates those everyday opportunities for brands to engage with these uh, consumers who who love their brands and, and want to be rewarded for, for promoting them because, like, I don't know about you, but brands that I love, um, I promote them anyway. Like, Firehouse That's Subs true. doesn't pay me any money. <laughs> and um, I love talking about it because I think it's an amazing place. So why not have these brands be able to connect with these consumers and leverage these amazing opportunities. Mm-hmm. No, that's I think I think that's amazing and I love the foresight that you have and how you see that influencer market really changing because like you said celebrities were, you know, endorsing things for years and decades, but now people are just a little bit more cautious about, you know, what's authentic, what's genuine, do they really love the brand or is it just a paycheck? And I think you're so right about it. I would much more trust, you know, a friend or a family posting something and saying, hey, this is a great product, even if they get something from it, um, at least I know them and I can say, okay, this person is being honest and genuine. I can probably trust this as well. And and that's, like you said, building a really great community, not with that just one person, but getting access to their community that can also build that really strong brand loyalty and, um, and other aspects of of their businesses. Yeah, and you touch on a great point there. It's because you're using actual consumers uh, versus your traditional influencer marketing with influencers that might have thousands of followers, there is also opportunity for saving money on the advertising costs. Because let's think about it. Imagine you are using a traditional influencer approach and you're talking to an influencer that might have thousands upon thousands of followers, um, maybe a hundred thousand followers, and you want them to represent your product and you offer them things like a discount or a free product. When they're used to getting paid thousands of dollars for a post, they often might shut you down unless they're such a strong evangelist that they just love it and and they do you the favor. Uh, But that's that's an outlier. You can't run a business like that and just hoping for for those moments to happen. You have to have a sustainable strategy for increasing brand awareness. And that's one of the core goals at AdMass is creating a sustainable, scalable uh, strategy that that can help businesses grow on a long-term basis. So if you're talking to a consumer who loves the products and you offer them a 20, 30% discount on a pair of yoga pants, uh, it's uh, they're very likely to promote it. I mean, they would, would have probably promoted it anyway, but with AdMass, you're actually giving your consumers a tool that even if they are organic evangelists, uh, and this is a common misconception I hear from brands when we you know, pitch our product and they tell us, well, our consumers already promote our brand for us. Perfect. We can't force consumers to promote brands for a business. Like that's impossible. AdMass cannot do that. 
what we can do is find those amazing opportunities where consumers love a brand and give them the proper tools in order to promote it in the way that is the most effective for brand growth. And this includes making sure that the brand safety is in place, uh, making sure that the, the unique brand identity is reflected how the brand wants it to be reflected, and making sure that all the proper hashtags and mentions are used to maximize social media growth. And because you're using actual consumers, you can save money on advertising because, again, let's think about it. If you're offering a discount for somebody to promote and they post about it, you automatically got one sale. You got a repeat sale right there and then. They might drive two, three more customers from that post, of course, but you already automatically get one sale. And that's the benefit of offsetting your advertising costs, unlike a lot of other advertising solutions where you know, you throw a Hail Mary and you hope that sales grow from that one post, uh, which may or may not happen. And we already see a lot of companies getting into the space and, and seeing how valuable it is. Um, we like to, at AdMath, say democratizing influencer marketing. And it's interesting because recently Walmart, they launched a creator program. Uh, it's just in the early inception mm -hmm. stages. And they also say, we want to democratize the experience. The biggest companies on the planet see this happening. And I believe, you know, this, this is where we want to go. And I believe a lot of other companies are going to be going that route. Sorry for the long-winded answer there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, it wasn't a long-winded answer, but I think it speaks to just who we are as humans. Like we really want to feel connected to the things um, that we are connected to. And I think it really take that aspirational level to bring it down to a, a true, more meaningful human relationship versus celebrities just telling us, you know, this product is great to, you know, the friends and family who we innately trust saying that this is great. And, and that's, that's a brand really attracting that low hanging fruit and maximizing those opportunities. So uh, you're definitely ahead of it, Yuri. I can't wait to see what AdMass does and like the progress you've made so far. You've pivoted a few times. Um, you've failed like we all fail a few times and you've gotten to this new incredible spot where it's a sweet spot. It's I guess what you call, I'm using air quotes here, product market fit um, and you're ready to scale. So as an entrepreneur, um, being in this space and growing this business now, um, what are you most proud of? I think the learning experience and the journey, um, and thank you for the kind words, by the way. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think that because what I enjoy the most about the process and, you know, in, in an entrepreneurial journey, sometimes word enjoy is, is a tough one to say when, you know, things are going tough and they go tough quite, quite frequently. As you mentioned, we had a lot of pivots and um, interesting enough, we are doing a little something in the works that might direct us somewhere else yet again, that, that might be an even stronger pain point because we, we recently conducted uh, dozens of interviews and we're consistently learning and evolving. And I think this process, like talking to people about what really hurts and making sure that we're, we're hitting that pain point, uh, like right where it needs to be hit. That's one of the most exciting parts for me, like learning more about how to really help people, how to help businesses and understanding 
as you mentioned, it's all about relationships and it's all about emotional connections and people purchase products due to emotions. Um, it's, it's some sort of emotions, whether it's, you know, safety, whether it's uh, wanting to feel a certain way, wanting to look a certain way. Ultimately, every purchase is really down deep, emotionally driven. And understanding this psychology, learning more about emotions, relationships, and how to excite people, how to make sure that when we do something for our brands, they're as excited as we are. Um, and, and that expands into every part of our, our business internally and externally, uh, that knowledge, that journey of learning is, is one of the most exciting components for me. I mean, um, if, if you were to ask me like the most exciting thing about business, I, I think it's that it's consistently learning, finding new opportunities, uh, talking to customers, evolving it even more and consistently seeing this like living creature, you know, grow. And I think like, out of everything, I love business. I couldn't imagine doing something else with my life, but that's where I think I love it the most. That's that's incredible. And I think a lot of the things you said, I think what most resonated with me was, you know, to say you're happy in some of these moments <laughs> that are just incredibly tough, because I personally came off a very tough week, not even kidding you, about three hours of sleep every day this week. <laughs> um, that was really tough, but you know what? It it was so successful. It was so hard working. But you know, on the flip side of that, you have to refresh and you know get back into it so you can remain on top of your game. So that's what I'm doing this weekend, which is which is really nice. But it's it's really glad to see that like you really love the process of it all. And I think like you said, if you didn't love the process of it all, like you couldn't imagine yourself like doing something else because this is what drives you and keeps you going because the more and more you find those pain points and the more you get to explore, it's it's the ultimate adventure, right? Because you can open any door and any door is going to give you a different, you know, bag of Skittles and those bag of Skittles will open to something else. So it's, it's really great to see that. And, you know, that mindset in essence, I think really sets um, a lot of entrepreneurs up for, for success because you're willing to take on the good, bad, and the ugly, and you're willing to ride the storm and ride the wave of it all. And with with all of that, Yuri, um, what would you say to someone that, you know, wants to become an entrepreneur, um, but yet hasn't decided that this is the journey they want to go on? That's a great question. It's, I, I mean, I don't think I'm one to give advice because I'm such an infant in the space myself. I think, you know, 10, 20 years from now, when hopefully there's, you know, successful companies behind the belt, I'll, I'll definitely have a different answer. But from my current, you know, infant state, um, if one was to start a business, I would say make sure that is very product, prob sorry, problem driven. And it's actually for, in Y Combinator in, the, in their school, they teach you um, this thing, it's called CISP and it's a solution in search of a problem. And the, uh, basically the, the reasoning behind it is that 
especially engineers or, or developers, they often just love a technology. So they build this like product and they're like, okay, perfect. Now what pain does it solve? Like that's the wrong way of going about it. And um, I must say guilty as charged. Like me and my co-founder both come from a technical background. So it, it didn't take us much to develop the initial product. Um, so we we saw, I mean, I also knew there was a pain point in the digital marketing space because I've been in it over a decade. So we saw influencer marketing has a lot of great opportunities. And we launched this regular influencer platform that basically was not unlike any of our competitors. And it took us learning business and being part of this competition where we had this partner um, basically help us define our unique value proposition. It, it was a whole journey full of mentors, advisors, and, and a lot of learning and, and a lot of failing to understand that that is not the way to do things. And where if I was to know a friend, and, and funny enough, I do know a, a, a friend of mine who's starting a startup right now, and that's the exact advice I'm giving. I'm like, start with the interviews, understand the pain point and design the product after. Because designing a product, unless you're designing like super crazy hard tech, like a supersonic jet or something like, like software, it's pretty quick. Like it's a matter of resources, but designing it and not designing it the proper way, it, that's where the problem really comes in. And then, yeah, you can build the moats and the proprietary tech around it. But at the core of it all, if you're not solving the biggest pain point, it's going to be such an uphill battle. And if you don't have a unique value proposition because you haven't analyzed your competition enough and the alternatives that people are using, again, same thing. And you know, Google is not enough to look for competitors. It really isn't. Mm -hmm. As as I interviewed people, the thing is Google has the big companies that people have heard of, but there are companies that might be four years ahead of you doing the exact same thing that you've never heard of on Google. You can't find them until you interview someone and they're like, oh, I've used this program or this competitor. Have you heard of them? I'm like, nope, no. never heard of them before. Because there is some company that's doing really good and has huge contracts over in Europe and you've never even heard that they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And um, that's one of the benefits of asking, you know, the industry uh, masters, the, the people, finding people who, and a, a good spectrum of people too. So for us, like we see our interviews are actually divided into three. Um, we have the consumers who might be posting about a product, the brands who want their products posted about, and agencies that represent those brands. So all of those need to be interviewed in a different way with different questions because all of them have different aspirations. All of them have different pain points and different things that you can trigger. And uh, once you get there, there's all kinds of way to measure that. Um, and that's like, I'm not going to get into that because that's a huge marketing class, but um, where... Uh, basically where I would start is making sure you start there. I think that's the biggest piece of advice. And I know you asked for, for kind of one advice, but um, well, you asked for advice, <laughs> the one <laughs> advice, uh, but I, I would like, I think secondary to that would be, uh, you know, keeping your head up, I guess, uh, because mm -hmm. as you mentioned, you just had a, uh, I, you you phrased it really well. It's like such a tiring and amazing week, right? And I think that's kind of the whole point of it all. It's 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 a roller coaster, right? I'm not sure what you know the greats like Elon Musk feel like, but I sure as heck know that at our level, it's a constant roller coaster. Yeah. And um, like when you're just starting out, when you're getting there, when you're just breaking through. 
um, all of that, it's like a giant roller coaster. And often there's a lot more downs than ups, but the ups are just exhilarating. And at the end of the day, there's no sun without rain. It's um, you have to have that contrast and understand that the enjoyment of, of when things are going good, because things just went not good for a while. And that's one of the rewarding things. Like I even remember, um, you know, when, when I, when I was in the army, sometimes the most beautiful moments was after like that crazy hell week where, you know, you're dying and then you climb on this mountain and you see the beauty and you've been in that desert for a month, but that's the first time you notice just how beautiful it is. And I think that that's a huge parallel to the entrepreneurial world. It's mm -hmm. um, you really notice the beauty after those hell weeks, um, like you just mentioned you had. Yeah, no, I, I think your, your advice is really, really sound. And I'm just going to throw a Hamilton Hive little example in here. But, you know, when a bee stings you, you want to take that stinger out. <laughs> and as an entrepreneur, that's the problem you're, you're solving. You're, you're finding that bee sting. And once you find that, like, you're on your way to, you know, to greatness, but that there's that huge messy middle you have to like fly out of at some point. And once you sort of fly out of that and you can look down and you can see what you've created and obviously it, it will be something beautiful um, like that moment. So I, I love the metaphor, but I've never been stung <laughs> by a beast. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to trademark this one. Trademark guys, trademark. Um, don't steal it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's, that's super important because, you know, me and my startup, we, we went through the same issue. I came in, I'm like gung-ho financial literacy, and it's going to be financial literacy month starting this week. So, but then again, now I spent the time with my customers. We found the problem problem is real. Um, and now we can focus a little bit more and grow from there. And I think that advice, I wish I got that advice um, sooner than later. And maybe I did get it in other roundabout ways, but now I'm really listening. So it's all about learning and listening as an entrepreneur. And it's been so incredible listening to your story, Yuri. But finally, I know that you're doing something really important, which is going to be critical to the growth of AdMass, um, you're raising funding. And so I want to give you this last moment to talk about um, what you're fundraising for, what you're hoping to get out of fundraising. Um, so if there are any investors listening, you know where to find Yuri. We're going to have all of this information down below in the episode description. So Yuri, tell us a little bit about what your goals are for fundraising during this round. Yeah, actually, it is. It's a very exciting uh, new chapter uh, and probably one of the hardest chapters we've done so far. We're raising funds and it's our it's our first round, pre-seed round, and we have some interest already. Uh, we have a lead investor who's an ex-CEO of a large CPG company. Um, he um, really believes in us and is making all kinds of connections with his old buddies from other CPG companies. We also have another um, local Canadian um, group that has indicated they want to join the round. And yeah, we're, we're raising. So um, it's, it's a tough landscape. We're part of the Mars Accelerator. And as part of the Mars Accelerator, um, it's... They, they get access to pitch book and these comparative uh, metrics of 
how funds are being raised across the years, you know, who are the best people to target and all of that. And within this report, where you look, when you look at it, like it's so clear how bad 2022 is for raising money. Like the the curve, it just is up, 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 up. 2021 is like great. And 2022 just dips down like crazy. Like the, and it's funny because we did a comparative analysis across a number of different industries that we fall in because we're, we're a SaaS business, we're AI, we're ad tech, we kind of fall and we play in a few different spaces. So um, we, we did an analysis in all of them and they, they all are doing way worse across the board. Um, so it's just, it's harder. It's a lot harder because I don't believe that there's less startups happening, but there's definitely less money being, you know, thrown around and, and, and shared with the, with, with the startup community. Um, and it, it's understandable. People are a little bit more reserved with their money. But um, what it does mean is you have to work harder. Um, and you do have to have a lot of three hour, <laughs> three hour nights. Um, so it's an exciting process. I mean, I'm a, I'm a strong believer that if you if you can achieve something in a hard landscape, once the landscape's easier, it's even easier. And I, that, that goes back to, I know I keep talking about the military, but it is something that I truly learned in the military, like the, the, the boot camp, the basic training, their training is built on that, that they, they make it so hard in the beginning that when you actually end up going on the missions after, like <laughs> it's in a way easier um, because they specifically make sure that you, you train under even worse conditions. And mm -hmm. I think that's very reflective of what, we're, what, what is happening today is that there might be you know less opportunities or things might be a little tougher especially for advertising too i mean we're dealing with cpgs and um the supply chain is not very healthy right now so how does that affect cpgs of course it's it's a tough time to get people to spend money on new initiatives you really need to find those innovators not even early adopters like innovators that are willing to take the risk on a new company and then fall in love with you because you drive better results um but it's it's proving that initial initial value um and it's uh, making sure that you find the believers in the investors as well, the believers who believe in our team, who believe in our strong vision, who believe that we are going to redefine the way that influencer marketing works. And we're going to improve the world from innovative and trustworthy advertising solutions. For, for that, um, it's, it's, it's a journey that is very exciting because I believe if we can do it now, we can do it anytime. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, that is really, really exciting, Yuri. And yes, the landscape is tough right now, but we believe in you here at Hamilton Hive. And that's why you're here on our Buzzworthy podcast. So all the investors find Yuri at admas.io, check out the banana boat um, case study. And there's another case study up there as well. So check them out. You have two case studies, right? Yeah. 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 Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. And then I was like, oh, yeah, check out the case studies and ensure that you see the results for yourself um, with the big companies AdMass is working for. And we are excited and we know this is not the last time we'll see you, um, Yuri. And we are really excited to have you as a Buzzworthy business. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. I mean, I, I really enjoyed our time. <laughs> yes, same. Thanks so much, Yuri. And we'll see you later. Stay tuned for new episodes coming every Monday. Take care, guys.
A huge thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning in every week to hear about our buzzworthy businesses. Don't forget to rate us on whatever platform you're listening and following us at, at Hamilton Hive on all of the social media platforms. But most importantly, we want to thank our team of dedicated volunteers who make this podcast possible on a weekly basis. So here we go. Cesar Cardenia, Khalid Imam, James Clark, Trisha Ford, Ratri Toon, Hirsch Kumar Patel, Fernando Rodriguez, Yvette R., and yours truly, Shalacia Harris. Don't forget to tune in next Monday for a new episode of Buzzworthy.